Welcome to Impregnation Station. I'm your captain speaking. I will be cleaning your tubes and drinking your lube. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of 13th and Elm. That's right, guys. We are still doing that Halloween blitz, and we are not done yet because we're on week four, and we've enjoyed it so far, and we're going to enjoy the rest. That's right. I'm joined with Rob and Michael. How are we doing? Doing well. We're almost there. Yeah, I'm all right, too. Home stretch. We're on the home stretch. This was a pretty good week. This was a pretty good week. It did start with a downer, and it was my pick. My based story? on a true story. Uh, true story. <laughs> yeah, based on a true story. I couldn't remember that. Um, Snowtown, 2011. It's the second Australian movie that we watched this year, which is, I mean, how many Australian horror movies? Or yeah, this month rather. Excuse me. How many Australian horror movies do you really? get to um their country that's had a uh a rise in the horror movies that they've been putting out um but the second good one not to jump in and cut you off but this is, i like no, this pick good. it's yeah. a good pick yeah the second australian movie second good australian movie as well yeah um definitely a downer though this movie is about um john bunting who is Australia's most prolific, prolific serial killer, 12 victims, 1992 to 1999. Ish, yeah. Um, I believe he was active, him and Robert Wagner, James Velasquez. Um, and the help of someone else in South Australia, they murdered uh, 12 men. And he was a terrible person. And this is a great movie that really captures the essence of John Bunting and that essence is just complete depravity and he's just such a piece of shit and yeah he is he's also very charismatic at least the depiction in the film you know Um, and they go to great lengths to show just kind of the the state of the community I guess is a way of putting it there's a really powerful shot, I thought, in the opening when they're kind of getting all rabble-roused and it's like small town, small town, small town shots. It's kind of like run down, like not even quaint, but like destitute like like uh, townscapes. And then it goes, boom, right into a church. And they're talking like all this gospel and they're kind of preaching up, you know. Yeah, it's the fire it's and brimstone preaching that you find in small towns all, yeah, also. It's all, it's all folding chairs. There's no pews, you know. No. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a modest congregation. That's, yeah, it kind of extreme. But um, this is um, not a fun film. No, not at all. Means. Not so at this, all. I would even put disclaimers in watching Absolutely. this film. Um, I would I, say this is one of the hardest and like emotionally 
taxing films to fucking watch. Honestly, this all the disturbing, all the it? fucked up film lists that we try to chase. Like yeah. this one for me is at the very near top. I don't know, and I can't think of like the number one. But if it's a short list of five, this one's firmly in it. I would give big warnings before watching this for every imaginable reason. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's extremely, I, I don't even need like graphic, but it's just, it doesn't pull any punches. There's, there's not a lot that's left to be implied. Um, there's some pretty, uh, pretty on point, um, photography of, uh, essentially like boys being molested in the very first 20 minutes of it. That's hard to watch. Um, very, and it, it, it's a good intro. It's honestly like, it's a fucked up thing to say. It's like a really good intro into John's character because you, I don't know, it, I, in so many ways, like until he gets to the extreme, like you identify with him, like the, the government's not doing anything, the community's not doing anything, like how are we going to get justice for our kids? Yeah. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of scenes of these like small town, or almost, almost like town hall meetings that and, and you mean the ones that are like taking place in, in like somebody's kitchens. kitchen yeah and yeah. none of this is really explained like and which is fine you're kind of let to gather that these people all are in the same communities know each other their familiarity with each yeah. other first name basis um and it's a lot of like in the at least my viewing of it was initially like okay this is an extreme vigilante justice which is not fair or justice but that's what they're doing and then it be, and of course it's called the snowtown murder so it's Mm-hmm. You know, fucked up shit. And you see, honestly, Jamie being abused by his neighbor, being abused by his older brother, and then being abused, abused by, by John. by his mother as well, his, not physical or too. sexual, but there's a lot of neglect and there's there's a lot. Jamie is a victim through most of this movie. The um, entire movie. Well. Till the end. I don't know, man. I don't want to speak too much about all of that because it is a film. And it does romanticize a lot of things for the sake of film. Even though we talk about how it doesn't pull any punches, there's like very minimal soundtrack. There's a lot of long sustained shots. There's a lot of gore. It's hard to watch, but it is a movie and it is based on real events. And I just don't know enough about it. I watched a couple of quick documentaries that are available on YouTube for this just because like I was fascinated after watching this movie. This movie is really good. Um, it's not fun to watch. It's not one no. I recommend to very many people. I don't see very many people watching this and enjoying it or watching it twice. But it's powerful and it's got some amazing photography and some good performances. It's very well made. The acting is really good. Yeah, it's not. It is a good film, and I and I wanted to learn more about the story because I was intrigued and it's disgusting and deprived, like you said. But I'm also like I like true crime and things like that. And um. Anyway, man, there's a ton more to the story. Obviously, I sent you a link, Bill. I don't know if you watched it, but I like, didn't get around to it. I, I there's I, so much to it, though, and this too. Jamie character is like not as as sympathetic as no. he looks, no or, you know, and nobody is, and right. like um, a lot less of it was that town hall vigilante shit, as you can imagine. Like they kind of pulled a red herring in the film, yeah, yeah, and like the movie was good, but also the documentaries I'm watching are coming from a different standpoint, and they're not going to try to make him to be a hero or somebody that you're endeared to or whatever so i don't know there's a lot about it and we're talking about real lives and people who yeah. did die so like i don't care to make too much of a comment about that but the film was 
hard to watch. You will find it on all those fucked up lists or whatever. Like if you Google most difficult movies to watch, it'll be on there. But also, for what? Good reason. this was on HBO Max? No, no, this is on AMC, which also had um, Stanford Prison Experiment because it was the last movie I watched on that. Yeah. And they also play a lot. AMC gets some bangers. I, I mean, didn't they watch this on AMC. I don't remember where I watched this, but... No, like, it's on it's a couple a different ones. It's movie. Like, it's on big yeah. platforms. I think it's on Canopy, too. But it's also because it's about a major murder. This is, like, or not, like, a, the major string of murders. Like, this was yeah. one of Australia's biggest crime. This and, like, the Port, uh, Port Arthur Massacre are, like, some of the biggest crimes in Australia's history, man. So, like... It'd be like, I mean, like the Dahmer series on Netflix. Like, it, it's the that equivalent yeah. where it's that notoriety. But I, I, I don't know. I don't want to, like, gush, not even gush, but talk too much more about this film. No. But I will say that um, John, the guy, whoever is playing John is fantastic in this movie. God, and, God he really is. Um, there's just, I, like, did a little cursory research also about, the, like, the real-life events. Mm-hmm. And it seems like, kind of like when he's interviewing... Um, I can't remember the um, her name, the transgender uh, Barry. Barry, yeah, mm-hmm. um, at the time, but <clears throat> interviewing and it and really he did kind of pick his uh, victims off of rumors and yeah. it was it was people that he saw as weak, as people that were drug addicts, were homosexuals, that were pedophiles. Well, yeah, they're all suspected, pedophiles. Were suspected of it. No, but like for him, you but know what I mean. Him, not yeah, saying they that, all, but they all, but all, all that shit is like this. Yes, it's, yeah. it's the same thing. And a lot of like, the homosexuality thing was like a lot of like fire like, brimstone, like god it, shit. It was like, and just the way they depicted it was also like there's like some psychosexual stuff going on yeah. with him and Jamie and also yeah. his other like whatever. Like enforcer, sure. There's a lot of like good boy talk, yeah, and yeah. other stuff. So yeah, yeah. I mean, he was like all serial killers, most serial killers. He is a coward. He infiltrates in a way like this family that's in poverty, and he recognizes who is the weakest, and he manipulates to get what he wants, and. He chooses victims that he perceives as weak. Nobody and picks like fights you, they're going to lose, man. And like yeah. you said, in his mind, the weak people are gay or drug addicts or just uh, homeless. Losers, or, homeless. Yeah. Um, well, there's a lot of like right, mentally uh, handicapped and illiterate. But I mean, it's the same. It's just like you said, dumber or, you know, it's whatever. But, but also like people don't. Uh, I, that sounds extreme. What I, what I mean to say is. The authorities tend to like care less. It seems like, and especially in like these rural communities where it happens, it's almost like, yeah. well, nobody's gonna come looking for him. Yep, you know That's what I mean. Literally, what they said when he's talking about um, the guy with the uh, uh, snake. Yeah. He's like, oh, who's gonna who's gonna miss him? I don't know. Yeah. 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 I don't know. If you like really fucked up movies, this is one to check out. This does not come without a full disclaimer from, I think, all three of us. It's fucking difficult. It's got every trigger warning you can imagine from... Dead animals. Sexual violence, dead animals, drug use. Incest. Torture. Torture. Murder. Yeah, it's a rough one. (coughs) Um, I give it an 85, though, because it's a really fucking... It's a well-made movie, well-acted, and it was was powerful to me. I enjoyed it. I don't know if I enjoyed it, but it was powerful. Um... I gave this movie an 88. It's, I mean, like we've already said, it's really hard to watch, and that kind of movie is hard to come from, so I appreciate that. Um, and the acting, there are some fantastic performances, and it's really visceral, and it's real, because it is real. Um, 
Yeah, like like um, like we've said, this is this movie is fucking brilliant, honestly. But it is not for the average film not viewer. For not even many people. Not even for the average um, sure, the horror viewer. So if you're no, um, I mean, if you're interested in this movie, research before you press play because it's not for everybody. But it is incredibly well made, and it will stick with you. Yeah, well acted, well shot. Um, I particularly like the device of um, the recordings before you know what oh, they are. Yeah, you know that was really well done. And that was like a that was a real fucking thing yeah, that he thing. would do. To, yeah, he would force his victims. Same with like to the say things on recordings, pretty much like "fuck you, yeah, mom, I'm forever. moving, yeah. don't contact me, you're a bitch, fuck you." But that, yeah. and also like the head shaving of both the boys at different times. Yeah. Um, also, just some of the time jumps where like the head was shaved and then he's grown it out. Like I don't. A lot of stuff is like not set out right, and it's done well, and it's yeah. Yeah. So anyway, this is a good film, and I'll give it an eighty. And um, probably don't watch it. Yeah. Speaking of movies that you don't need to watch, <laughs> Rob, go ahead. Which one is this? You Remind know which me. one it is. Which one? It's your pick. Oh, oh, oh. He said, speaking of movies you don't want to watch. The Oh, the Carmilla movie. Okay, I will issue a disclaimer right now. Mm. Elmers, I'm sorry. I didn't know what this film was when I picked it. I thought it was a film about the novel Carmilla, which it is in a roundabout way. More of what this film is, is is a film to sum up a web series that none of us had ever heard of or watched. And it's a web series that is... Mostly for, realistically, like, lesbians. Um, Yeah. Queer folks, but more specifically Specifically lesbians. Lesbian, yeah. And we're not lesbians. And so we can enjoy and consume this media, but I don't think we really did enjoy it. And we didn't have the context of the four seasons of web. It wasn't for us in any way. I mean... There's a lot of background characters that aren't explained because you should already know them. There's a lot of callbacks to stuff that happens in stuff we never watched. It seems like it was made for the fans. Like the fans yeah, it's v- a raised fan a lot movie. of yeah, money. Funded. And then, you know, it's like, oh shit, you remember that characters from season two? And it's like, we season two yeah. of what? Well, what? Like we, and then it's we, like. We even said, because we watched this together, we even yeah. said that it was like, I feel like I missed a movie. Yeah, or like what's going or on? Like and it has this weird like Disney Channel CW, or like CW, Lifetime. like Sabrina. Like, what you call it? A Veronica Mars plus what? Yeah, like Lizzie McGuire. Like it has like those weird like high school draw. It's, it's like a show that comes on in the middle of the week, in the middle of the day during the summer. That's like when new episodes yeah. air at like two p.m. on a Wednesday. And the ser- season runs from like April to fucking August. Yes. And it's for children, but it's like that tween age adult. Tween age, yeah. Tween. I don't know, it, but there it, was but like it's a lot also of sex scenes too that were like sensual without objectifying women, and like there wasn't. I don't know. There were. I was gonna say it also like intimate in a way, but there was like a lot of them. There's like two or three of them. I feel like it or maybe had more. That, like fantasy. Disney Channel High School, like yes. Wash, you know what I mean? It has like a certain yes. character. The, just the lighting of it, and but like also the, like the it's fan- like a Lifetime movie. Is but what like I the fa- yes. it's like a Which fantasy. Is like the same shit. It's like a fantasy setting that isn't really real. So okay. you get that like Disney yes. era, but you also that, then what, get the what, like what gay equivalent movie? of that. What was that other movie that wasn't great that had? I don't the crazy know, but you just cut me off when I said some wild ass shit, and I want to clear that up. Like I didn't. I didn't. I know what you're saying, and I'm gonna expound on that, which is that. 
This film is, it's like a lot of rom-coms where it's set in an alternate reality that's close enough that most people just roll with it because it's like 90 minutes or 88 minutes or whatever. But everybody, all the main characters are queer. And like, there's just, there's just things about it that like aren't really real, but are for the sake of the story. And And it's like a safe, I understand why it exists. And what I'm trying to say is like, it exists fucking for people and I wonder that's wonderful but I don't think that they were including me for that and in order for me to like even review or speak on this film it's like I I just lack so much context or anything it's like I watched this movie I felt lost I felt unincluded and that was super okay and then I did some more research afterwards and I figured out it's like not only is this for like queer and specifically like lesbian community and it's also for like fans of a show it's also like a love story about a book that i didn't know ever existed it was also like the fucking 26th movie i watched this month and i'm like getting a little exhausted and i'm sitting here looking around like i don't get any of these inside jokes i don't feel welcome here i'm not trying to be here if i'm unwelcome here but like if i could just watch this without confrontation I'm going to try not to criticize shit I don't understand. Yeah. And that's where I was left with this movie. I really don't... It wasn't for me, and that's okay. To be fair, the book is about a lesbian vampire, like Carmilla, like the original like Victorian novel. But... I'm not saying that that's what... No, no, no I'm just I'm just saying. Right. Like, I'm just saying, like, so that's the tie-in. But the movie, in so many words, is about, like... They finally get together at the end, and she's been cured of her vampirism and isn't immortal anymore, and they have, like, a apartment together. It's, like, honestly not a vampire movie because that shit all happened in the series. And so, like, they're all living together. Everything's happy. And then what happens? There's, like, some ghosts involved. and they No, it's the ghosts of the fucking Bronte sisters. It's, like, like Charlotte and Emily Bronte (laughs) are, like, haunting this mansion. Yes. Like what I'm saying is like this movie was so clearly for a certain fans. someone, it and it fans. wasn't for and me. We it's weren't like, the fans. I've never read Emily Bronte. I fuck me for not. I'll change that this year, Elmer's. I'll read some Bronte yes. over fucking. I'll read Wuthering Heights. I don't know. I'll be a better person. So if you've seen this series, God, Carmilla, and you didn't chore. know about the movie, I bet. watch it. I bet it is a chore, but I fucking feel like a. I, I, what am I supposed to do? What, what am I supposed to do? Give this movie a twenty? Fuck that. You know what? Tell you what, Elmers. If for some reason you're wondering why we reviewed this movie, we don't really know. Rob gave you the best answer. And and for anybody who like stumbled on like our Instagram or <laughs> something sorry. and thought it was like we were gonna give proper shrift to the Carmilla movie, you're like, oh my god, finally a podcast that gives fucking attention to the Carmilla movie. We're really sorry that we were unable to do that. We didn't know what this was. We're sorry. Yeah, I we're three mostly white, mostly straight guys. I didn't know. <laughs> mostly white and mostly straight. Yeah, I guess. I didn't know what this was. I didn't know what the other Carmela shit was or the book or anything. This movie was fucking horrible. It has nothing to do with the subject matter. It was horribly shot, acted, directed, everything. It was not good. It was like, and like I said this to Rob, it was like, it feels like nobody's ever acted in a movie before. And they hadn't. You know, it's like another layer of like me criticizing something that it wasn't even what it was. It's like, (laughs) I don't know, man. Fuck it. It wasn't fun. I'm never going to watch it again. Would you rate it? 50. Flat, even no fucking opinion. I'll never think about it again. I'll give it a fucking 30. Yeah, I'm going to say this is a... If you're a fan, then then your scores will bounce out mine. I'm going to give this like, yeah, 40. 
five. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We missed the mark on this one. Yeah, I'm sorry, Elmer's. Like, I really dropped the ball on that. I, there was a, other Carmilla movies that were like old Hammer films and '70s stuff that were not streaming, and I just was panicking. And we just didn't know what this one was, or you didn't. I, I didn't. Whatever. You and guys didn't. You guys didn't either. Yeah. So <laughs> I picked it. You want to pause? Did it. you make it? I did not, but I still feel like this I. This is the power picking. Here's this the thing. Isn't, I we pick. I pick some shitty movies. I know, but like. And I don't know them. I, I did don't a, know anything about them. But we watch them, and we and get we to talk them. about them together. But I did a bit, so and I wanted them to all fit in the categories. This one did. It was based it on was a, a book. It's a vampire movie. I mean, she bites. Really. She drinks blood. It's it was based on a book. And it's more of a vampire movie than Hotel Transylvania. I guess that wasn't your pick, but. Nor was it the vampire pick. No. But you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what was after that? After that, well, what did you, you gave it 45? Okay, so then that takes us to my force watch is what we're calling the, the movie that I've seen that the other two haven't, um, that I picked so that they would have to. And this was 1962's Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. A lot of that audio is coming through on the headset, guys. <laughs> um, anyway, so this is Whatever I'm Happened to Baby writing a letter. Sorry. No, go ahead. Don't interrupt and then stop. Like, carry it out. Sing the sucky tune. Sing the tune. Letter to Daddy. The address is heaven above. What'd you put on it instead of stamps? Kisses. I put on (laughs) it. I put kisses. Damn, you know the words, fool. Like I know, like part of the bits, but you know the words. Anyway, yeah, this one is uh, one that I saw probably in a sophomore, junior year of high school. My aunt showed it to me. I remember liking it, but also realizing that I probably didn't get it and thinking that I liked it enough to pretend that I liked it for clout, probably. And so I wanted to revisit it. And fuck, I'm glad I did. This was good. Uh, I don't know how everybody else felt about it. It can be slow. It's a little north of two hours. It's uh, drama. I know some of us gorehounds, um, you know, we want a little blood in our horror. This one, you're not going to get much blood. Some murders, some dead animals. Some really fucking like um, <laughs> some horrible depictions of like psychological abuse, but also I think that this movie is way ahead of its time in depicting the, like the manifestation of childhood dramas and abuse, and um, also having the lead be two females um, for ninety percent of the movie. They're the only characters in it, and these are two former and like they're film stars from the golden age. Like I mean, we're talking about Betty Davis, and I don't know if you guys know. Uh, Joan Crawford is Cindy Crawford's mom, like the model. And anyway, they were huge actresses in the 30s and 40s, and they were real-life rivals. This was kind of a crazy thing that they were able to pull off in 1962 to have them on set filming a movie together. They really didn't like each other. They feuded over drink and roles and men, and they were in the tabloids. And this is like, you know, early days like celebrity drama shit this is like if they had a like uh, tmz back yeah, in the day like if you had a movie this year that came out with like johnny depp and amber heard in it but it was like being filmed during the fucking divorce that might be a overstating because obviously they weren't married but this was cool and there was tension and then to see it play out on screen was like even more fun for the mm-hmm. people who were a fan of yeah, the context the era yeah. um but without all of that the film still holds up there's an really brilliant performance from Betty Davis at the center of this I think um, and it borderlines on comical at points and then you realize that like she's a lunatic and like it just works she's really good at it I think this was the sixth time she was nominated for best actress 
and it was her 10th overall Oscar nomination, her last Oscar nomination. She was the first thespian to receive 10 Academy Award nominations. Bad wow. bitch. An all-timer. What do you think? I like this movie. Um, this held up, I think, pretty well, given its age and its length, honestly. Um, which... Um, but <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but, um, but uh... Like you said, like like some of it borders on comedy, and I feel this when I watch older films, especially stuff that doesn't be in black and white. There's a level of like melodrama to it, I guess. It just like that was this. It was well, the style at the time. Yeah, it's coming off of the days of theater. Like yeah. everybody's learned how to act from a different medium, yeah. almost. And it's just yeah, it's a theatrical. Maybe is the more appropriate term. Um, but again, I, I, I recognize that too as like, wow, this doesn't feel like a film from what, 61? Right. It really doesn't. It feels like something from like, I don't know, maybe the 90s or like, like or almost like a film from current day that was like a throwback or yeah. something. Like where there's just enough of that feel of the theatrics and melodrama to make it retro-ish with a black and white filter. But I will say that her fucking lipstick was distracting the entire. Oh my god! It, <laughs> she like, yeah, like a my clown. fucking pants were fucking tight. Sure. Jesus Christ! But the song <laughs> and the reprisal of the melody throughout, with her like losing her mind in like the like third act, is really good. I love that a lot. Mm -hmm. um, also, it's just a product of the time. If you get on the phone and talk to somebody, they just believe you. Dude, <laughs> it's like wild. They have no follow-up questions. It's like. Yep, sounds good. Yeah, I mean, that didn't exist. Prank phone calls, phishing. No. You um, say here you are on the phone? Yeah, fuck yeah. Also, Dude, like, for some of our younger Elmers, I'm just going to say, like, you might not realize this, but if you had more than one phone in the house, you might only have one phone line. Yeah. And if you took the phone off the hook, you would not be able to you make calls. calls. Similar to, like, if you had a dial-up internet where you would not be able to get on the internet if someone was on the phone. Or, like, send a fax or any of that stuff. So, so you, yeah, some of the younger Elmers, I might not know that. Like, that, there's a good amount of this movie that revolves around, like, phones being off the hook or, like, impersonations of, uh, you know, different personas on, via on the phone, phone and stuff like that. So, like... In that sense, it's almost like a product of its time, like that electronic buzzer and some of the stuff like that. The architecture is really cool. Some of those fucking cars in the beginning and stuff, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, also, this movie also was really, like, well-received for its twist. Like I said, it was nominated for a lot of Oscars, and it had yeah. some big names. It was made by a major studio. But, like, it's also a good story. It has a it fucking is. fun twist. It's got... Yeah, the twist was good. That that um kind of got me. Yeah. And also checks. No one uses checks anymore. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know? But overall, performances were really good, although I felt... And after the twist, some of her behavior, like some of Blanche's behavior, like makes because mm -hmm. she's guilted about it. Mm -hmm. Like it makes more sense that she's so forgiving. But I was like, lady hasn't eaten in 48 hours is literally dying. And like, it called the doctor instead of the police. I, yo, come on. But it's a movie. Um, you don't call it police on family. Well, yeah, come on. No, I'm just saying, like, I don't know. There, it's it's complicated. There's levels of, like, trauma and, like, uh, generational abuse and mistrust. Yeah. And then, like, also, like, exploitation of childhood stars. And, like, I don't know, I watch this with somebody and they're like, fuck, man, it's the same formula forever. Childhood stars from the 17, like, from the, the teens, you know, 19 teens, like, all fucked up, drug addict, 
alcoholics in their They'd 50s. They never grew 40, up yeah. because the, their entire lives were based around being eight yeah, or ten Yeah, because Edwin is just daddy, right? Like, yeah. he comes in to play oh. that role. She can make a star out of herself with him, and he has to play the music. And Like, I don't know. I love that he's, he's a, a big too. man, too. Yeah. Like, he's big. Did you notice how large he was? I guess. And obviously, a big boy. Yeah. I don't know. And he's, like, kind of dumb and boy-like. I, this movie is honestly really fucking deep and i think it has a lot to say about just like repressed memories and it's it's good i like this movie a lot i'm I, glad i revisited it i plopped down on the couch and i was like here we go michael's fort force watch 1962 two plus hours black and white like let's just get fucking get this done and at the end i'm like yeah let's fucking go this movie's tight Really? This is tight. It's good. She's just laying dead on the fucking beach and fucking she's dancing around singing I, Baby Jane. I really like this movie, if you couldn't tell by me remembering most of the song. And yeah. I honestly, that opening scene of her like in the 20s, like her doing that performance oh, on 1917? stage. Oh, mm-hmm. 1917? Yeah. I was already like, fuck. I was like, this is going to be, this might be tight. Might be and dark. And yeah. it ended up being really fucking good. And like you guys already said, the performances are really good. Like the whole like, like fucking just gaslighting and just being such a piece of shit to this person in a wheelchair. That I mean, you're keeping her as a prisoner. She's in a wheelchair on the top floor. She's a prisoner. And I know this movie is fucking important. And I can have a pretty good guess at who really likes this movie, at least respects it is Stephen King because there's like hella misery vibes from oh, this. Oh man, I oh, was yeah. going to say that. I was waiting for us to get to there, but yeah, Annie Wilkes, like yeah, 100%. I was fucking, I was waiting. I was like, man, this already has misery vibes early. I was like, I'm guarantee at some point she's going to be out of the wheelchair, craw- like crawling yeah. to something, crawling to that phone. And like those shots, it kept, that shot from the top of the stairs that it kept going real slow into the phone and even James like like her cadence and her demeanor and like yeah. the way in and the house yeah like her everything in her delivery like you can tell that um uh Kathy Bates like studied, studied that. that yeah like the um and we talked about the everybody trusts you say on the phone or whatever and and you know that's her acting like Blanche on the oh my gosh, phone. She's so and good really in those good. scenes. And she's so good in those scenes. And and like Annie, I mean, she doesn't, in the misery, she doesn't act like someone else, but she's on the phone, like lying to police yeah. in yeah. almost like the same way. And there's um, a lot of parallels there. And like you said, like the dead animal stuff, like being served, like even though the one of them was really expected, it was still so good. <clears throat> Good. It was good. It oh was man! Like, you know there's a dead rat under there, Dude. but you're just so waiting I, for Elvira? her to lift it. Oh yeah! And then of course we have Elvira, who's um, such a great character and and trusts her really gut well and, and pays and for it. It's a really pivotal. Yeah. As soon as you see that hammer, you know what's going down. Yeah. I mean, she's like you the. Know? She's almost like the cop in Misery. Is oh. the first one that figures it out. Also, yeah. she's black, so she's gonna I die. Think she's Filipino, but yes, she's black. Colored. But yeah, let's beat that. Anyway, um, yeah. So this movie is uh, fucking good, and I'm glad to hear that both of you guys liked it. I was kind of surprised. I really thought it was gonna be a little long and slow, and you knew there was gonna gore. But I think it helps that you guys had a certain expectation. You knew it was gonna be long. You knew it was gonna be like more of a thriller. 
And I don't know, maybe you had faith in me? Because I said this, I like this movie, but I also didn't remember much of it. But I, I know that it's culturally significant. Um, I was telling Bill earlier, honestly, most of it was like a first time watch. I do remember like the hammer kill with Elvira. And I remember the staircase. I kept mm. saying like, I remember the staircase and like, what? And I'm like, I don't know what that means, but the staircase. The kicking. Yeah. 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 And like also like her laying over that handrail and like kind of slide down. So like those things were good, but I also remember just like being kind of blown away and knowing even then it was a little over my head at how good Betty Davis was in this. And I remember watching it for the first 20 minutes. I was like, I don't know. Is this like wax poetic nostalgia shit or is she actually going to come in and do some shit? Because right now she's a little silly, but then I realized that she's crazy. And then when she starts doing Blanche and then she starts doing all the other things and then when she reverts to her childhood self, I'm like, oh my God, she played like, this was honestly like a James McAvoy split type of thing where she's playing like four or five different characters. Oh yeah. It's less childish and over the top like in split i don't i everybody says he was amazing in that and like horrible it was they were all caricatures this was like a believable schizophrenic and i am not a doctor so i'll shut up i will say those dolls are terrifying oh the lifelike God. baby jane dolls Ooh. have you ever seen such a fine doll folks well and not you, only that it's like i always give these to my best friends yeah oh yeah when he introduced us at the beginning i was like that's fucking strange and not Fun. And it's gonna come up again. And you know what's cool about it is did. it's like actually a creepy doll, and it's not a creepy doll. That's what's fucking gross about it. Yeah. And like, and it's like the size of her when yeah. she's a child. It's like That's a life why it's size creepy. for three dollars and twenty five like cents. Annabelle or Brom or some weird no. spaced out thing. It's like, why does this exist? Why do you guys want to buy this she, action figure, life size action figure? She does like a eight minute set, maybe. I yeah. mean, we see like a little snippets, but it's like. What? Because like it's a variety they, show. They have her, and then they have someone else on, and they're selling dolls of her. So it's like, baby yeah. Jane Hudson. But I think you mentioned this. You didn't before. buy this house, baby Jane Hudson. Bought this house. I Daddy bought it for me. What's the What's big boy's name? By the Edwin. Way? Oh my God, he was so good. His, his relationship fake with English his mother. Yeah. Delia. Oh my God. My mother, dude. Um, Delia. He was great. He was honestly so much fun. He was kind of like a bright light and like this really dark story he's, to me he's like a yeah he's like a rogue yeah you know? and yeah. he's like a musician he he's a bard such like a goofy demeanor and like i mean god this is how he wears his pants <laughs> the fucking like uh when him and his mom are arguing about how jane hudson ran over her sister and crippled her and then she yeah. ran away and was found three days later in a hotel with a man she'd never met before oh, yeah. and he goes well, isn't that how I was conceived? And like storms Same. out the door. Like there's like there was some legit like oh shit moments for me in this movie. And also, I kind of watched this movie in pieces. I was just bad about getting this done, and and still really enjoyed this film. And yeah, it's um, a hard month to fucking stay on top of it, man. Because you're on a schedule and you just get so. I mean, we're we've watched twenty plus fucking movies already, plus everything else, and. You know, I can't hold it against you, but I'm glad that you were able to still enjoy it. What would you rate this film? This is a really good film, man. Um, It suffers a little bit from the things that I usually advocate for, but it is kind of long. Yeah. It's a little long. And it can be a little dry at times. Um, You do have to be invested in the characters, and if you're not willing to give it that type of attention and headspace, it can 
be lost on you a little bit, and because of that, but it I don't know. Be. No, I, it the should. The way the characters are de- the characters are developed really well. But and that's a different that's why type I didn't of feel that long. That's to a me. different generation of film viewer too, though. Um, I think the casual film viewer that wants to be entertained today is maxing out at about a buck forty-five, and they like a little bit more action. And I, I mean, that's fine. But I'm saying it's like maybe this isn't for everybody. Um, if you are willing to sit down and invest some time with characters, this one has a lot of fat to chew, and I do think it has rewatchability. Um, and you talked about the animals. Um, I had seen this, and one of the things I did remember, but I didn't remember until I saw it, was um, when she goes, "I'm gonna clean that cage." I was like, "Oh fuck!" And then she goes down, and I remember, like, oh, I yeah, think she the serves birds. the birds, and then, but, but, like, before she serves her the bird. She's in the kitchen and she lifts up the tray on the platter and she puts it back down. Yeah. And she smiles and turns around and goes upstairs. And I was like, yes, she does. And then <laughs> one of my favorite things about that is the next day she goes upstairs and she says to Blanche something. And Blanche is like, I'm just so hungry. You forgot to feed me my breakfast. And she's like, I didn't forget to feed you your breakfast. You didn't you get your breakfast because you didn't eat your dinner. dinner. Yeah, no, she's like, you didn't finish your din-din. Yeah, your din-din. Yeah. Oh, I love how she called it din-din because my mom did that. Like, for real. Same. Um, so I actually fucking texted her and I was like, Hey, have you ever heard of whatever happened to baby Jane? And she texted me back and said, creepy exclamation point. I remember that being very disturbing. It is. And I like it. It holds up. It's still disturbing. 84. Like it a lot. Mm. 78. 77. Oh, cool. This movie was tight. Um, I don't know if I'd watch it. I'm not going to watch it again anytime soon. Oh, I, I wouldn't be. I waited half my life to watch it again. I would, but I don't, I'm trying to imagine that situation, and it doesn't matter. We don't need to talk about it because <laughs> that has nothing to do with the next movie, which was my pick, and oh, it yes. was my haunting uh, possession pick, and it's 2002's Uzumaki, um, also known as Spiral. This is a um, Japanese horror film based on a manga by Junji Ito about a city in Japan that gets possessed or haunted and the people are possessed Cursed. by spirals which sounds crazy and it is fucking crazy and this has been some th- this manga has been recommended to me for so long because I've always shown interested in that but I'm like but yeah but I like fucked up like gross stuff and that's not and they're like no like this is and i knew it was so mainstream and i was like no it's not gonna be gross like everybody knows this it's not gonna be gross it's not gonna be fucked up finally got lent a copy read the whole whole thing the day before i watched the movie and it is awesome and it is gross and it i'm a hard dude to make kind of like squirm a little bit from just like drawings and stuff like that and um i was excited to pick this movie and it did fall kind of flat for me i knew it was going to be a really hard thing to try to bring to the screen um just knowing that concept and while like it wasn't like i didn't hate watching it it did have a lot of issues far from it being honestly just not very well shot or well acted it the budget would definitely seem lower than i thought it was going to be and some of the stuff didn't translate the screen screen quite like i wanted it to but 
I mean, it did have its moments, and it's definitely interesting and definitely fresh. I mean, what did you guys think? I heard Rob saying in my mind when I watched this, completely independent and separate from him, this would be smart if it wasn't so fucking dumb. <laughs> and um, I could see how this could be enjoyable if it was completely different. God, that sounds so shitty. But like, no, if the medium was changed, like I don't correct. know, like, and knowing that it does have a different medium and that you i know somebody directly who's read it and was like ah, I, I watched and read in close proximity and it's a really hard thing to do it's like i know it's better than what i watched and what i watched wasn't that interesting although it was intermittently fascinating to see these like vignettes of like each individual curse play out mm -hmm. they seem to be mismatched and just thrown together with no harmony they were also not super well acted always nor was the effects particularly sharp nor did they hold up well yeah. and so by this time again it was one of these things where fuck man i've watched 24 movies a movie every fucking day at the very least and i have to sit down and watch this like jumbled bullshit about fucking dishwashers and fucking spirals and I have to read subtitles for an hour and 40 minutes and it's like maybe if I wasn't looking at it as such a chore at this point I would have like a more tolerant or open mind to it that being said it's not the fucking worst thing I watched but I knew about 30 minutes in I was like fuck I'm just waiting for this to be over and I, I mean I don't know where are you at yeah man I don't know I like this movie more the more I watched it, and I still wasn't really crazy about it. Um, a lot of this has to do with just like kind of what you said. Like it's kind of a jumbled mess where it, it seems like a lot of separate stories that are strung together it and, is, and yeah. like all in the same town, which is not. I don't know. That's not how I thought of it or how I received it when I watched it. Right. So I felt like I was missing something out, and then on top of that, the subject matter in itself feels like. I don't know if there's like a cultural aspect of it that I'm not getting, but it's very comedic to me that it's like, oh, it's like a spiral pattern is like cursing you guys. And like the eye stuff is silly, and, but there was stuff I liked. Like there was a lot of early on like tracers of spirals that were like oh, photoshopped. Oh, like, dude, that in. shit was You'd cool. You kind of see so, like, them a little bit in the sky yeah. or like it's the, like the midsummer effect. Yeah, bit. like that was really fucking cool. They did do that well. The but really well. The snail boy was great. Like yeah. he was gross and just funny and slow and like everyone treated like he was just normal and he, like bullied him in the middle of class and like there there's parts of it that were kind of cool but overall like like you said hour in it's like fuck okay how much more longer do I have? I don't know to me parts of this also reminded me of and like hear me out house Okay, so House was one of them, like Houseu, the 77 Japanese house. Yeah. But also, so that was like, with all the swipes and the sound of it, it's like, like well, that shit was like weird and like some of the and disjointed just like acting shit. acting is like a fucking anime. Yes. It feel, like, it, always like, say this. It feels like, again, it is based on a manga, but it's yeah. just like, those pe people don't act like that. Like the way that he jumps out and surprises her, and it's like, aren't you surprised? So. But the thing I, I was going to say is that it's like the fog is the other movie that I kept mm. getting fucking vibes from. And this. on that. Really? 
It's a shitty fucking <laughs> cursed story about like a town that doesn't really seem to have anything to do with the protagonists that are central to the story. If there yeah. is a central story and it kind of seems to like slowly creep in in like the most uninteresting way kind of like this fog falls over it's like oh look at the sky and it's like twisting in a spiral it's just like a cooler idea than it was in execution and i think if i would have read it i would have liked it a lot more and i don't mean i would have liked the movie more i think i would have liked the journey of the story in print and you should read it and i would like to and i'm definitely interested in it i just think the movie fell flat because it wasn't the medium for it and i wasn't the most tolerant for it because i'm exhausted my palate is fatigued at this point in the month yeah no i totally agree and it's really hard for i should have and i I said this i was like man i should have i mean i read the entire manga about three hours before watching the movie and i should have done the opposite i should have watched the movie and then the manga because I mean, I annoyed the shit out of Kaya because the very first scene when Jack in the Box chomps out, I was like, what the fuck? We're getting Jack in the Box in the first scene of the movie? Like, this is chapter 18. This is insane. And like I said, like, the things that they decide to spend time on and the things that they let go to the wayside was, like, really surprising to me. Like, there's a scene where she goes to Shuichi's house, which, god damn, I was disappointed with that casting. The actor that played Shuichi, her boyfriend, is was horrible and was horrible and emotionless. Um, and he's so good in the manga. He's like, do you want to be my girlfriend? Okay, forget it. He's like this sexy, just like emo boy with glasses in the manga and I assume I was like please like Shuichi like has to be sexy and it's oh my god I was really disappointed but they I mean they cut her family in half she has a mother and a brother that are a big part of the story and they're just and they get rid of that and oh I thought you meant they cut them in half like crosswise but instead of instead of her having her mom and brother in the movie they have like a five minute sequence of her walking around outside of Shuichi's house for like no reason and knowing like what that's supposed to be was just like it's really frustrating and um I will say it seems like this might be getting I don't know if I want to say the right treatment but a better treatment so there is a series coming out on Toonami it's going to be four episodes. It was supposed to come out this month, actually. It got pushed back to last year, but it's got a trailer. It's got a director. It's being directed by the person that did the series of Fruits Basket, which is um, another big manga. Yeah, so it's fan. somebody that is familiar of bringing manga to the screen. And I found out about this, and I watched a 90-second teaser trailer, and I was like, holy fuck, that teaser trailer is 100 times better than this movie i'm like those are the characters and even the voices that they have i was like that is it so when that comes out i'm gonna be really fucking stoked but this was a letdown but the manga is absolutely fucking incredible what would you uh rate this film this really hurts me but i can't give it higher than a 67. Michael? 
Mike was off, sorry. 63. I didn't really much care for this, but I also would be open to be open to revisiting it. It wouldn't be through my own ambition and it would take some time, but I didn't hate it. I just don't think I was in the best space for it and I was confused as to what I was supposed to be paying attention to and by the time I had caught up to it, a good portion of it was gone and I didn't fucking care. The movie doesn't make any fucking sense. It doesn't. It doesn't and I think that I was trying to make it make sense and then once I realized I didn't have to and that like I was enjoying what I was getting, I was already like, well fucking I, s <laughs> I like yucked my own yum halfway through the movie. I was fucking sour on my own shit. Yeah, I was like, imagine like them doing like Stephen King's It the movie they made it like an 80 minute movie the whole thing like that's what like that's pretty much like what they did like yeah like this needs at least four hours to be fleshed out that's why I'm really hoping this mini series it's four episodes like if it's an hour and a half long episodes four episodes like that's enough time but it's like man watching this I'm like god if they gave like Takashi Miike, ten million dollars. In ten hours, he'd make this movie unwatchable, and it'd be better. <laughs> no, he'd make it two. He'd make it two and a half to three hours, and it would be incredible mm. or awful. Debatable. But Rob, um, I don't know, man. I also am like back and forth on this film because there's some good stuff going on, even though some of it is dated as like like the effects and things. Oh yeah. But the plot's a jumbled mess. I've got to read subtitles to get through it. Yeah. Um, so am I going to watch this again? No, I'm not. And is it more watchable than Hotel Transylvania? No. No, it's not. So I'm going to give this like 48. Oof, fair. However, would you be open to reading the manga or watching a different mm, depiction of it? I would consider watching a depiction of it, like like you said, like a modern, the modern like redoing of it. Yeah, because it's animated in yeah, that style. Yeah, this is like 2000, right? This, yeah, 02, yeah. yeah. I would consider it, but it's not again, high it's on just the list. Like the, the, just the entire central theme, as, as it was presented to me initially, is silly. Yeah, oh, and, absolutely. And so like getting into like, I'm going to invest another four hours into this theme is like, I don't know. Got a lot on my plate, but not that. I mean, just watching wise. However, this is a perfect time to take a small break and give you guys your Halloween present. Oreos? No, not Oreos. Oh, fuck. Clown pewter? No, well, we're in Sofia, Bulgaria. I don't know if we mentioned that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and no, we I haven't. Oh, this is so caught up. Yeah, I did find this pretty cool local blacksmith. And I asked if he could make something special for you guys. You're so fucking insane. So I got some bonsai scissors. You're so sweet. Why are you so sweet? For you boys. Oh Hand my forged. god. And they sent me an extra pair. <laughs> I get two? Well, one of them's for Kaya. These are beautiful. Wow. So I hope you use Thank them. You, I'm going to use them every like every season. Yep. Hold on, let me make, make sure, sure they work. Get the snip. Get because it's about the sound. Yeah. Thank you, Rob. You're, You're so welcome. sweet. God damn it. God damn it. I wasn't prepared to cry. 
What's the next movie? Not like Ep- last. Uh, um, only love is left alive. <laughs> Fuck, man! I. What cried you gonna do it like that? So hard. <laughs> no, I cried so much during that film. It's a really good film. Oh my god, that movie's so good. I'm gonna cry right now. You <laughs> fucking <laughs> asshole! I'm not even joking. That movie makes me weep like Dancing in the Dark. It's the only other movie that's made me cry like that. Really? Mm, I love you, boys. Jesus. Happy Halloween. That movie's so good. Maybe uh, My Girl. That shit fucked me up when I was like 13. Remember My Girl? You ever seen My Girl? <laughs> no. Dude, you're fucking up. You no, gotta watch sorry. that. You'll cry hard. You'll cry hard. That's not saying much. No, I know. <laughs> I'm telling you, this one's a good one. Alright, what's the next movie? Oh, God. Rob. What is it? Is it Batman, Batman versus, versus Dracula? The Batman versus Dracula. Yeah, why don't you talk about these fucking <laughs> barefoot parkour jokers? Now, Yo, okay, so... You had a rough week. We had a rough week. You! <laughs> I had a rough week. <laughs> um, the Batman versus Dracula was a 2005 like straight-to-DVD video release. It's not very good. Um, if you're familiar with the animated series from like the early 2000s, late 90s, with Mark Hamill, um, it's not that. Uh, the guy who voices the Joker also voices um, uh, the principal. Principal, not Principal Stewart. Um, fuck. And Family Guy. Yeah. No, American Dad. No. Because, yeah, American Dad. Yeah, he voices the principal in American Dad. But, yeah, he's got, like... This has a lot of great voice actors in it. He's got, like, weird, um... I don't know, a leotard on, and he's barefoot, and he's, like, jumping around. Also, the penguin's in there, and he's doing, like, flips and shit. And that's SpongeBob. And... Oh, is that actually? Yeah, um... Oh my What's god, his name? people are screaming right now. Man. People are screaming. I He's mean, so Kaya good. He does everything. Pete, no, fuck. What's his name? Pete Davidson? No, yeah. fuck no. <laughs> um, get that. Doesn't matter. We'll get that. Does matter. It does matter because he's actually fucking he's incredible. He's so But yeah, good. this movie was. Tom Kenny. Tom Kenny. It's just, it's, it's not what I grew up on, and so I'm already predisposed to dislike it. <laughs> and. Just like just the the voice actors, the animation style, like all of it, all of it for Batman is like all of it's wrong to me. I know, I totally know what you mean. Like when we they first showed Batman, I was like, what the, he like kind of looks like Johnny Bravo. Yeah, yeah, a bit. yeah. He's like the it's all bad. Like one of the like he's so not intimidating. His, his, <laughs> it will just he has a thick neck um, and no chin, no, no chin. jaw. But yeah, it's about you know Dracula. Uh, it's I don't know the the Joker and the Penguin are in Arkham, and there's another guy who hid a bunch of money in the cemetery in Gotham, so they break out and try to get there, and the Penguin shows up and finds a a very evil looking coffin that's chained up and immediately assumes it's full of gold, and breaks into it. And it's well, Dracula. Well, he goes out there looking for it, doesn't he? Well, he goes looking for the the one the with the treasure. Cross. And it's like it's a cemetery, so all the all the fucking tombstones have crosses on them. Yeah, that's a funny bit. But he gets into like a mausoleum catacomb, and like mm-hmm. there's like a clear like there is a vampire in there. Even if you've never heard of a vampire, there's a vampire in there. You wouldn't want to open. That. Yeah, it's like held. The co- coffin's like held. It's near suspended the with chains. chains. Yeah, it's insane. Good thing his umbrella is sharp as fuck it's, at the end, and he just clips. It's that made of vibranium. Yeah, it's insane. Um, but yeah, he unleashes Dracula. Dracula turns him into a familiar. He's his Renfield. 
And then it's mostly just directly trying to like take over Gotham. Gotham. Yeah. It's got surprisingly adequate gore though. I'm not even joking. Like there's, there's some, some blood. Like yeah. some fucking people get chomped. Like innocent people get killed. Yep. And yeah. there's some gunshots that fucking hit villains. There's dead cops. There's dead yeah. cops and, and then like the best part of the movie. The fucking end sequence where Batman fucking Pulls like himself up and yeah, throwing like um, vaccines into people. Nope. Um, where he shoots up into a ceiling and he uh, moves the shadow and it kills Drac and he like uh, immolates and his fucking skull falls and it's like his yeah. guts and blood are falling all over the place. Like that was pretty graphic. It was pretty convenient that Wayne Industries had been developing a way to store sunlight as sunlight. <laughs> and it's pretty convenient <laughs> that like. Vampirism also comes with the cost of amnesia, so nobody would forget. Yes. Nobody would remember because they can hardly handle the Gotham City uh, public can hardly handle the Batman. Imagine how they would know or react to knowing that the Dracula was real. Well, it's also that constant Batman trope of it's like, is he really a villain or is he a vigilante? We're unsure and we don't trust him. And then at the end of it, it's like, well, I think they actually say that we can move him back into vigilante. <laughs> cool good one yeah this one wasn't great fucking 52 yeah 55. i'm gonna give this a 50 watch it don't watch it doesn't really matter doesn't if matter. you like batman check it out if you don't yeah. really care about batman you don't if you need like to batman check it out. from this era some people like fans cartoon, just to be fans batman. you know yeah true i mean i consider myself a batman fan. i like batman of uh, if i like any of them i like batman and this one i didn't love yeah same that's what i'm saying um, next? next one was my creature feature, Creature from the Black Lagoon, 1954. <laughs> so this one is the last Universal Monster movie. Mm. This one is one that's been on my watch list for many, many years. I don't know how I... This was your first time watching this? Yeah, I don't know how I have never seen it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, I've always loved the design of Gilman. I think he's such a cool character. Um, also, Julie Adams is an absolute babe. Oh, my goodness. Wow. She is pretty. And, uh, yeah, this film was, like, pretty ahead of its time in a weird way because so much of it was shot, like, underwater. But you also have this weird thing where it's the early 50s, and so, like... There's not much else going on. It's just them swimming around underwater. Um, no, like, inner dialogue or monologues. No real, like, creative sound editing and minimal soundtrack. So, like, a lot of this movie is not much happening. And then it's kind of a loose plot about a sea creature being in love with a woman and a lot of slow-moving, webbed-fingered hands. But aside from that, there's some kills. I do like when some Gilman's out of the out of water and he's always like gasping I like that he's proper he, creepy he studied fish and I would like to think that he was a method actor and that he was just walking around on set going <laughs> spritzing himself all the time yes hanging yeah. out in kiddie pool lounging I will say this does have that like I, I mean it's just been parodied upon so it's what I think of like generic scary black and white movie music 
Mm-hmm. Like a lot, like yeah. It kind of sounds like ho- stock Hollywood music yes. from the fifties, because it is. Like it wasn't made for that movie; they just reused it. But yeah. I don't know, man. Given like the age and everything, like that, some of the special effects, uh, the suit is okay. You can see, you know, where it's overlaid and <laughs> yeah. so. Like I mean, like because of course, but like where he pulls the fossil out, like that was kind of cool. Yeah. You know, in the early scenes and stuff. Um, I like this movie maybe more than I thought I would, and I'm yeah. still not like really that crazy about it. It's not really for me. And like you said, like there's just not a whole lot to it. It was kind of the first time I'd been seen, so it was cool then, but it's like this nothing spectacle. new. Yeah. yeah, and I was talking to Bill about that earlier. I was like, yeah, it's cool. You know, like, that's a pretty significant special effect, or like not even like a special effect, but like a practical stunt, rather. Um, obviously, whoever played Gilman was a seasoned or experienced diver. There's shots where there's, you know, 15, 20 second extended shots of him dri- diving around. He doesn't have any apparatus or snorkel or anything in there. Yeah. He's holding his breath. And that's 20 seconds of usable film footage. That doesn't count getting in the water, getting set so up, and then getting to the fucking air afterwards. Like, And you got to remember, like, if this movie would have came out in, like, the 30s or 40s alongside the other Universal movies, we might have had, like a more crazy lasting impact. But I think that this movie came out at a time where it was still technically pretty fucking impressive and it has staying power. Plus people liked the monster movies that universal did. Like, I mean, there's been a lot of arguments to suggest that like the universal monsters saved American cinema. Like, I mean, that might be overstating it, but like we're talking about coming out of the depression and a lot of film studios are struggling and the universal came out with, Dracula, Invisible Man, Frankenstein, Wolfman, uh, Creature from Black Lagoon, uh, Phantom of the Opera, all these movies, they were really successful. I think that you couldn't have made this movie 10 years earlier, but like technically you couldn't have, but I think maybe the audience would have been primed for it, the nation was primed for it, and I think that like that effect of having Gilman down there for 20 seconds on film in that makeup, while it was effective in 1951, Remember how we talked about like Nosferatu and some of these movies where it's like you're terrified at the fact that you're seeing a moving picture. Then you see like a monster and it's like it might as well be real. I think by the 50s that veneer had lost a little bit of its effect. So the movie doesn't hold up as well. Plus the suit is a little rigid and you can see some of like the actor beneath like the painted face and stuff. That being said, it's iconic and I appreciate it for what it was. I think I liked it less than I thought I would. But I think I like this more than I thought it was. I I would. I like this movie. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised at that. I thought the creature design was really cool. And, I mean, yeah, you could tell it was a man in a suit. But, I mean, it's 1954 and it's a man in a suit. Like, I didn't expect yeah. to not see that. And there's some unintentional humor in this that I think it could have hurt. It could have helped. I think it helped like when they shine that bright light on him and he's just kind of like clawing at it and like jumping around he's like doped up like i thought that was funny um the underwater fight near the end was fucking badass and like that was real people fighting underwater and like getting disgusting like shit rustled up and everything from the you know 
Um, salt, salt and stuff. And like yeah. real man on fucking fire like yeah. type yeah. of shit. I feel like and you could see this movie's influence in films like Jaws or even oh, like absolutely. Zombie, Zombie 2. Yeah, yeah, right? Definitely. Um, Zombie 2 I hadn't really thought of. I definitely know what you mean now. And, um, but yeah, definitely Jaws. And honestly, the scene when... I'm sorry, what is the actress's name? Julie Adams. Yeah. For, oh um, my goodness, yeah, she's, she's a pretty woman. Gorgeous. Um, and that scene when she's swimming on top of the water and he yes. comes out and he goes towards her a little bit and you're like, oh shit, like here it is. But he kind of just mirrors her and kind of swims under her yeah. and follows her. And he's like it's under odd. her and looking up at her and you can see how much bigger he is than her. It's and they're so close, but she has no idea her head's above water. That's honestly terrifying. It's terrifying, and honestly, it's a really beautiful scene. Like, I really like that a lot. You know what it made me want to watch? Um, and I know that that film definitely took a lot of inspiration from it. And it just when I say the name Guillermo del Toro, you think Creature Feature, but Shape of Water. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And oh, I haven't yeah. seen that. I would love to see I that. I haven't seen that either, but. Yeah, and that's Doug Jones, who uh, he plays like Mac tonight and a bunch of other like strange creature features. He also plays like uh, the main uh, hands, uh, no eyes in uh, Pan's, Pan's Labyrinth, Labyrinth and stuff. Fuck mm-hmm. yeah. He does a lot of stuff. He's in Crimson Peak, another Carol del Toro movie. Mm-hmm. But um, he is a crazy, awesome, really classically like trained uh, character actor, theater actor. And um, I was reading some articles. I think it was like uh, Bloody Disgusting or something like that, Thriller. Um, where he was talking about really studying Gilman and getting into that type of headspace because he wanted to channel like this previous generation's idea of like a creature, um, which I know is something that Guillermo del Toro is big on. And it's strange that this creature was born in the movie studio. You know, it doesn't come from a source material like Frankenstein or Dracula or Phantom of the Opera or anything like that. Um, And there really hasn't been a lot of reiterations that you know this film hasn't been remade a bunch of times it's kind of like this is the only gill man and i don't know if it still holds true because it's been a while since i was growing up but fuck man i knew wolfman and phantom of the opera on dracula and i knew fucking gill man even if i didn't know it was gill man i was like a creature from black lagoon it's like that's a halloween mask that's a character that you see on like scooby-doo or like some other sunday morning cartoon in the fall like during the spooky season and, and it's just impressive that he has that kind of staying power. He doesn't like talk. Sw- it's like Swamp Thing, too, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like the same thing, almost. Yeah. Very much. Um, and it's just interesting for a character that doesn't talk and hasn't been put on the screen a lot since, you know? Well, and it's like also in a very throwback, like, oh, it's a monster that wants a beautiful woman. Like, yeah. a, like, a, like almost like a King Kong kind of. Yeah. You know, and, and not to like discredit it, but like like a product of its time and like almost a time capsule. And like he doesn't talk, and he doesn't have like really a backstory. Like there's like the whole like oh billions of years fossils, all that. Mm-hmm. But he exists because that's his natural environment. And yeah, you big ventured King, out there. Big King Kong vibes for sure. Yeah, yeah. for sure. What would you rate it? Man, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I was. A kind of back and forth on some of the things but overall i was really happy i watched it i gave it maybe a generous score at a 68 it was it wasn't bad and it had a lot that i liked but it it also had some some it was a product of its time and that was obvious 
Uh, 72. Um, wow. I, en- I enjoyed this movie. I thought the creature design was really good. Um, I thought the acting w- was much better than many other films I've seen from a similar era. Um, I thought the cre- creature design was cool. I thought the kills were pretty good for the time period. Um, I thought some of the shots were really beautiful and I love like the kind of weird love story aspect of it um yeah I definitely like this more than I thought I would there was definitely some unintentional humor and like some things that were only humorous because of the state I was in when I watched it but I noticed that he really seemed to not like lamps and um there's one scene where he he like jumps up and there's a lamp to his left and he doesn't even look and he just goes boom and he just chops and he wipes it out and we we're like whoa like that was weird he just like fucking broke that lamp and then he does it like three more times he like jumps up and there's a lamp and he's like bam and he just fucking pops it and every single time he popped up and broke a lamp it was like one of the hardest i've ever laughed <laughs> that's pretty funny but i like this movie so thank um, you for picking it Oh, yeah. I'm uh, uh, once again glad you picked a movie that I probably would never have watched on my own or wouldn't have finished realistically right. and it's not for me um, I think this is worth in like put this on while you're baking cookies or making popcorn balls or like you know something where you're like kind of passively watching or even if you got like a younger kids yeah. like maybe they're it's, it's not sexy really no, no, no. you know like there's like women in like 50s style bathing suits but aside from that you know, but if you got like a 10, 10 plus year old kid who doesn't mind watching a black and white movie and this is something that you're comfortable putting on in the background like I don't know there's not a lot of violence there's some gunshots there's not a lot of sexualization or cursing there's no. some some men and women in bathing suits Yeah. but uh, I don't know there's a lot of like and it sounds silly because it's all bullshit, but I mean, there is like a lot of like science and biology and marine like type of the, talk. There's and literally stuff. like God created the heaven and the earth, and then five or three billion years later, like it evolution, like goes into yeah. like evolution and stuff. It's really funny. <laughs> it's like a funny like just like a fifties esque um, like I don't know educational video. It's yeah. just wild. So like there's some worth in like the time capsule aspect of it. So I wouldn't say I would never ever ever watch this again. I'll give it probably what did it, when did it come out? Fifty three. Fifty four. Fifty four. Okay, fifty four it is. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. It does make me kind of want to watch like Bella Ghost's Dracula and oh, maybe because yeah. like you always talk about Dude, Frankenstein. Them, and, like, Bride, if Frankenstein you're not is hot awesome. on this and I feel like it's decent and you're hot on the other ones, like maybe I'd watch those. Just not now. Oh fuck! Give it I think I just figured weeks. out what movie we're watching with Andrew, and it's not gonna be one Andrew? that you guys want me to oh, see. Oh, can we pick a good one though? It's a great one. It's one of the all-time fucking best. It's one okay, of my can we pick a favorites. fun one then? The Phantom of the Opera is here. No. Uh, I think I guess get two vetoes. No. Um. I fucking love Lon Chaney, and so do you. Shut up. The last. <laughs> movie we watched this week was my creature feature which was 1988's uninvited and this is this movie is fucking nuts i caught Insane. it 
Um, shout out to Shutter, awesome horror streaming service. Get it if you don't got it. Um, they do live, just like a channel that just plays fucking movies live. And I caught like 30 minutes of this, and it was just a crazy cat killing people on a boat. And I was like, I need to figure out this whole thing because it looks insane and fun and it is insane and fun um and basically it's about this like bad boy gangster that like swindles or does something sketchy and gets three million dollars oh shit we got the we got the cat on scene did you enjoy working on the film what was your favorite part what was it like working with Clue Gallagher? Okay. <laughs> I hear that. That's actually why we flew out to Bulgaria this uh, week is so that we could be on set with uh, Screecher. With Screech. Uh, the creature from uh, Uninvited. Uninvited. Uh, she's retired. She's been living the last several decades in... Uh, several decades. Uh, last uh, several years in uh, Bulgaria off of the uh, fortune that she amassed in her 80s exploitation film days. Yeah, I wouldn't really call it living. She has contracted vampirism and is undead. She's got, what, Sounds how many like lives left? I don't know. I a couple. How many more? She used them all up. Oh, <laughs> oh whoa. that's right. Four. Excuse whoa, four. Excuse us, yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you for welcoming us into your castle, Screecher. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Anyway... <laughs> Um, this movie is about, like, a rich, like, piece of shit guy. You don't really know if he's, like, a drug dealer or what, but he's sketchy, and he did some deal where he pretty much stole, um, like, $3 million, and his plan is to leave on his yacht and go to the Cayman Islands and do stuff with money. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But he meets these two very attractive women that he invites on the yacht, and they're worried about it, and they invite these guys and they find a cat that escaped from a laboratory and they bring the cat and the cat is a parasitic disease mutated <laughs> radiated the cat poisonous the cat pretty much has parasitic a monkey that lives inside of it and comes out of its mouth and kills people and then goes back in its mouth pretty much yep that sounds crazy that's about but right. that's yeah, he's got about like about right it's like a golden marmoset um i mean this yeah, movie is hot. insane it's campy the acting is bad but the prac effects are decent yeah um, they are solid there's some fun kills the budget is fucking low like it's pretty fucking offensive like the main characters oh is a wow. shit misogyny chauvinistic to an extreme yeah when it's like we get the guy as a piece of shit like we don't need a reminder every time he opens his fucking mouth yeah it's honestly off putting to like not even a comic or like even like you're rooting for him to die away it's kind of like who the fuck wrote this it movie? just doesn't feel natural it feels strange it, it's weird it feels like the writer had a problem with women and put that into the film yeah. Yes. It doesn't even feel like it's like the characters are not that in way. like the classical subverted like male no. gaze way. This is no. like a you know like holy shit. This guy's angry at women. Yeah, like, Goddamn mm, dumb broad. Mm, all, time. all the at least you're being stupid. consistent. Consistently a stupid, stupid bitch. bitch. Like holy fuck. Wow. Who wrote this? I don't fucking know, but it was fucking fun. <laughs> it's decent though, right? It's fun. <laughs> It could be worse. It's fucking fun. Um, 
I mean, there's you don't care about the fucking characters. I don't know their names. The only character you care about is the cat who doesn't have a name. I, whew, he's good. He's pretty good. That little he's cute. Good, cute. Orange fluff. Fluffy guy running around. Was it fun, Screecher? <laughs> okay. It says three out of five. Three out of five. Gosh, I want my fucking... Who's paying for that plane ticket? Like, we didn't fly out here all the way to get these shit answers. I mean, yeah, we flew out here. Yeah, Screech was not ready for this interview. We... Hey, at least we got the fucking original Bulgarian Niak at the apartment, so... It's an Airbnb? What is it, a fucking hostel? What do they call it here in Bulgaria? It's hostel. Hostel? Yeah. Also, like... Eli Roth is here. (laughs) I'm not big on like the actual church service, but I do want to go to like the Orthodox Church. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's like a neo Byzantine yeah. style. It's really gorgeous. Yeah, I could understand that. A lot of domes and columns. You know, I was hoping to get some dome, but I think I'm a little too old to get head at Doug Church. Yeah, don't worry, we can go back to the hotel. Okay, let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. What are we doing next week? Well, we're ready. Are this we done with invited already? <laughs> yep. Would you rate it? I mean, that's fine. It was <laughs> definitely not a plot-heavy film. A plot film. <laughs> it wasn't a plot film. Um, but I didn't pick the worst movie this week. You did not. You did, motherfucker. I did. But yeah, let's rate this thing, and we'll announce what we're doing next week. I. Sixty-two. 62. I'll give this a 69. 69. That's what I give it. Feeling fine. This movie is fun. Don't watch it on your own by yourself thinking that it's going to be a really good horror movie. Um, But it's fun. And if you like 80s campy bullshit with practical effects and some like decent gore, and if you like cats, like honestly, you could watch this alone. I've watched half of this by myself and I thought it was really fun, which is why I picked it. (laughs) So. So we got five movies left heading into our final week of the 2022 Halloween Blitz. The movies are as follows. Rob, I believe you had the 1983 pick vampire pick. Uh, What's that one? My vampire pick. Finally, his vampire pick. Yeah, finally. David Bowie and Susan Sarandon. So then uh, we move on to 1980s pick. That's uh, my ghost pick. Or haunting film. This one is one I can't wait for you guys to watch. It was originally my first watch, but I switched it up to make something else fit. Still works. It's The Changeling, 1980, George C. Scott. Wonderful film. You're going to like this one, I think. I'm excited to watch this. I almost watched it a while ago, and I told Michael, and he said, don't watch that. And I said, okay. (laughs) And it's because of this. So I'm excited to watch this. I obviously want to. Um, Saturday is Visitor Q. Visitor Q, which is my force watch. Um, this is Takashi Miike just kind of going fucking nuts, doing whatever he wants to do. Um, and trigger warning for this one too. This is a very um, disturbing film. It's yeah. kind of like... If I had to try to explain it, it's kind of like in Japanese p- 
Pink Flamingos or like in that in a similar vein of John Waters um, filth films which I'm a huge fan of so if that kind of shit floats your boat then give it a watch if you don't know what that is stay away because you're gonna not enjoy this film and it's gonna fuck you up probably but it's not good I love it true I love it and I know Rob's gonna fucking hate it I will probably hate it um Michael I'm 50-50 on he's Michael's either gonna love it or hate it <laughs> and then I believe what Sunday yeah that's your period piece right that's right my period piece Captain Kronos Vampire Hunter so this I think is a hammer film Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is a like a '70s era, yeah. and, British, um, British, and I don't know much about it, but it's fairly well received. Yeah, people love this film. Yeah, it seems to be like uh, there seems to be a fandom about it. It's a cult banger. So well, I'm I, excited for this one actually. I'm excited heard of it. for it. And then the next day, I mean, we're getting on a plane to Ciudad de Mexico, and we're gonna watch <laughs> Halloween Ends. Yeah. That's right. We were going to finally finish off the 2022 Halloween Blitz. 31 Days of Horror is going to come to an end. We're going to wrap this up. We're going to go back to our home continent, North America. I'm going to actually go back to Motherland for myself and uh, see if we can get in touch with anybody. And then the next day, obviously, is uh, Dia de los Muertos, which will be uh, fun for us to actually be on site for that. It'll be great. Um, Excited for the food. Oh yeah, my sounds. fucking god! I'm excited Dude. for the food and sugar skulls and it's like and we're gonna boys. have a good time. Um, mm. But what I'm most excited for is finally it ends. <laughs> <laughs> you Tonight. know, uh, Halloween, Halloween ends and October and all of the Tobers. And fuck, man! I think that there's no better way to go out 22 than with the final chapter in the Laurie Strode Michael Myers Chronicles. You know. Rest in peace, Loomis. And it's with great confidence and joy that I can finally say, evil dies, dies tonight. tonight. Wow. Tune in next week. You know, I just, Elmers, if you guys could bear with us, and I know you know the words, Bill. Oh, gosh. You would. <laughs> I've written a letter to Daddy. His address is heaven above. I've written, dear daddy, we miss you and wish you were with us to love. Thank you. Thank you.